Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Andy, and I'm being joined once again in this new year of 2024 by Ryan. Ryan, welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) I like your enthusiasm. Well, I like talking to you, so. (laughs) Good. Ryan, today we are going to kick off the new year by talking about a shocking disappearance, just what everybody wants to hear to celebrate the new year, right? But we're also going to be talking about Bigfoot, believe it or not. Do you believe in Bigfoot, by the way? Uh, I mean, I'm a skeptic, but I'm open. Right. I'm not going to say that there couldn't be things out there. I want to believe, Andy. (laughs) I think if it does exist, it's probably friendly, or at least I hope it is. But around the world, there's a lot of names for this mythical animal, depending on where you live. Here in the United States and in Canada, the name is Bigfoot or Sasquatch. They're kind of used interchangeably. In the countries around the Himalaya Mountains, it's often referred to as the Yeti or the Abominable Snowman. And in the jungles of South America, and I'm probably going to butcher this, Ryan, but you wouldn't know anyway, I'm guessing, or maybe you do. It is... I'm offended. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we do have some listeners in South America, so maybe they can enlighten me on this, but I think it's pronounced the Mapingari. That's what I'm going to go with anyway. (laughs) But... You're going to die on that hill. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going (laughs) to. While the name is different wherever you go, we're essentially talking about the same animal here. It's a large ape, usually around 8 to 10 feet tall, walks on two legs, covered in fur, with an almost otherworldly growl or scream. I think I saw a guy like that walking down the street a few weeks ago. (laughs) Maybe it was Bigfoot. I don't know. In this country, the Bigfoot craze kind of took off around the same time as the UFO craze in the 1950s. And I would be remiss if I didn't include the fact that there has been no real bona fide evidence that the animal actually exists. There's never been any bones or bodies discovered no verified photographic evidence. There have been a lot of hoaxes over the years, some of which I'm sure you've seen, like the guy walking around in the woods in the suit who (laughs) kept the hoax going all the way until his deathbed. And then finally he told his family, he was like, okay, yeah, I made it all up. (laughs) The man's lucky he didn't get taken down. He's finally like, as he's like 89 years old and he's lying there on his deathbed, he's like, gotcha. (laughs) That's the best dad joke of all time. You were trolling us for like 50 years, dad. Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) That is the best dad ever. (laughs) That's commitment. (laughs) It is on a huge scale. But this episode is not going to be whether or not Bigfoot actually exists there I'm assuming is another podcast 
somewhere out there where you can find that information. But the Sasquatch is what drove 16-year-old Teresa Ann Beer into the Californian wilderness in June of 1987. Teresa allegedly went missing while she was searching for Bigfoot in the Sierra Nevada mountains. And as absurd as that may sound, the man with whom she was last seen on that fateful June day 35 years ago has never been convicted with her kidnapping or her murder or anything like that. In fact, no trace of Teresa has been spotted since, leading many people to wonder exactly what took place in the mountains that day. Was Teresa murdered by a much older man who disposed of her body, which still is yet to be discovered? Did she simply get lost in the wilderness and die of exposure to the elements? Or did she, as some still argue to this day, have an encounter with an animal that science has yet to prove even exists? This is the story of the disappearance of Teresa Ann Beer. By the 1980s, the Bigfoot craze was already in full effect in the U.S. In fact, one of the biggest films of the year, Teresa Went Missing, was a comedy movie called Harry and the Hendersons. In which it was a, that year. It was the same year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> which I do not think is a coincidence. And I already know because we've already talked about this. You love that movie. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like upset because I know that what we're talking about is really serious, but I want (laughs) to. Yeah, that's the thing, because the tone is about to change dramatically here in a few moments. But let's just enjoy the fact that that movie exists. And if anybody hasn't seen it, I'm going to give a brief description here. Okay, it's a vacationing family that hits a Sasquatch with their car in the woods And then they subsequently adopt him, and then they try to keep him a secret from the outside world. It's kind of the Bigfoot version of E.T. Now, Teresa was reportedly a big Bigfoot enthusiast, and some people believe that she kind of used it as a form of escape from her family life, as by all accounts, she did not grow up in a loving home. When she was just three years old, she was badly injured at home. Her mother, Shirley, had allegedly wrapped Teresa's leg around the slats of her crib and twisted it until her leg broke. She was also badly beaten and had several ribs broken. But luckily, social services did intervene, and they took Teresa along with her sisters away from this abusive home. It was around this time that Teresa's parents also split up, and she was quickly placed in foster care and was eventually taken in along with her sister by a friend from church. Now, 
after some time, Teresa's father, David, had his divorce finalized from her mother, Shirley. He remarried and was granted custody of his daughters again. But unfortunately, Teresa's abuse would kind of recommence this time at the hands of her new stepmother, Margie. It sounds like the abuse was more psychological in nature, which can be devastating in its own right, especially for a developing child. And Margie would often lock the refrigerator or the cupboards up in the kitchen so Teresa couldn't get anything to eat. But then she would repeatedly eat food in front of her while Teresa was starving. And it sounds like she would do this kind of as a form of punishment when she thought the kids were misbehaving, which is just terrible, terrible parenting. I'm, I'm kind of speechless when that sort of thing comes up. Well, yeah. I can't understand I mean, it. You're I can't a mother to three kids. It's, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's really unfathomable. Yeah, and, I, and I hate myself sometimes and I'm not that bad for sure. Like, <laughs> thank goodness close. you're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because I know you and I have talked about this before. I always roll my eyes when I hear older generations say things like, back in my day, kids had proper discipline. Parents showed tough love and kids turned out better because of it. Well, yeah, but back in your day, there was also all kinds of physical and mental abuse going on on a daily basis. <laughs> back in your day... You people are the reason why we have CPS because a number of you took it way too fucking far. And now we have all kinds of rules that we have to follow and a little bit of fear because God forbid my set kids has something messed up at school. Right. But that's the, but that's the thing. People like this girl really needed that, mm -hmm. you know, like that's why it exists. Yeah. Yeah. But she... just to get out of one frying pan and into another. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened because it wasn't long before Teresa was on the move again. This time she was living with her uncle John in Fresno, California. Teresa at this time was kind of described as an immature and not so super interested in school teenager, which to be fair is most teenagers, I would say, <laughs> at least from my experience of when I was a teenager. And things weren't great at her uncle's house either. It was later stated that she would often miss school because he forced her to watch his own kids. And there was even some allegations of sexual abuse going on as well. Not what long. What's wrong with people? I know. I know. It's, it's like every time we always hear about this. And unfortunately, it just happened almost everywhere she lived and not long after she began living living with her uncle she befriended a much older man named russell welch better known as skip and kind of going back to the lack of having a family around these are the kind of things that happen when you don't have a strong parental person in your life you know? It's stability, it's consistency. Person only knows abuse and red flags. How are they supposed to see them in other people? Very well said. And she didn't, by all accounts. It seems that Skip kind of intrigued Teresa. And while he was chatting with her, he told her that 
he had seen Bigfoot many times while hiking up the Sierra Nevada mountains. And as I said, Teresa was a huge believer in Bigfoot and wanted more than anything to see the creature in person. So Skip told her that he would take her to do just that. Teresa and Skip devised a plan to make time to see the beast during a school day because remember, she's underage, she's still in school. In fact, she even reportedly told two of her closest friends, Peggy and Janice, about this ahead of time. You know how kids talk to each other all the time, and they knew about it. She said she was going to meet this guy, she was going to ditch school so he could take her into the mountains to see Bigfoot, and she was going to take lots of pictures and be famous and be all over TV and the newspapers. But the only problem was, Skip was, as you can probably imagine kind of a sketchy dude. That's one name for it. Right. For a day job, Skip had been a house painter, but lately he was just living off of disability checks. One source I read said he had also been kind of in and out of jail and was a known methamphetamine addict. In order to see Bigfoot on a school day, Teresa and Skip had to trick her Uncle Johnny, which, let's face it, probably wasn't too hard since apparently the guy was kind of a dirtbag. On June 1st, while Teresa was getting ready for school, Skip came over to the house. Apparently, he and Johnny were already acquainted, and he offered to take Teresa to school himself as he was headed in that direction anyway. Red flag. Of course he knew that guy. Right. (laughs) And... Why her uncle let her go with this random man is beyond me. But again, he wasn't the greatest parental figure in her life anyway. But Johnny did agree and the two set off. Their destination was Shut Eye Peak. It's about two hours north of Fresno, kind of around the Yosemite area. Later that morning when Teresa didn't show up for class, her school actually called Johnny and inquired about her. And Johnny made up a lie and said she was sick, probably because he was worried that, oh, no, she didn't make it to school. What did Skip do with her? I'm going to go try and find her. And that's exactly what he did. He went out looking for her. He asked around town about where she might be, but he quickly turned his attention to Skip. Some of their mutual friends told him that Skip was not a man to be trusted. And finally, at 9.30 that evening, roughly 14 hours after Teresa got in Skip's car, her uncle Johnny reported her missing to the Fresno Police Department. I mean, that's 14 crucial hours. A lot can happen. I don't know where my kids are for two. Right. (laughs) Like if my like if my husband, my own husband leaves the house with my kids and I don't hear from him for a couple of hours, I'm already calling him. Like, yeah. hey, just check in. <laughs> yeah, okay, weirdo. We're still doing the same thing. <laughs> but that's good. It, it, it's a mother's vigilance. And she didn't have that kind of person in her life. And the Fresno law enforcement began interviewing Skip's friends and family members. It sounds like by the next day to kind of get an idea of where he might be. Eventually, they spoke with 17-year-old Michelle Ryan, who just one year earlier had gone into the mountains with Skip herself. And Skip's own daughter had told her that this wasn't a good idea as... Even his daughter knew that he had made a habit of enticing young women into the woods, allegedly giving them drugs or even sneaking drugs into their food or drink. 
and then sexually assaulting them. And remember, this is back in the day where a lot of this stuff was not reported like it is now, so these douchebags could get away with it. Despite hearing this, Michelle did end up going, but she took two of her male friends along, and it sounds like she made it out unscathed, although she would later say that she believed that she may have been drugged by Skip. Police interviewed Skip's daughter, Chandra, and also his son, Terry, as well. Both Skip and Teresa had visited Chandra that day that they went missing, and apparently he was working on his car in her driveway. It was a Chevy Monte Carlo. Also, Terry received a visit from Skip that day, too, with a young girl, presumably Teresa, but neither Skip nor Teresa were found at this moment in time. It was on June 5th, 1987, when a police officer discovered Skip's brown 1976 Monte Carlo near a trailer park in North Fork, which is a town in the mountain foothills. Skip had allegedly come down from the mountain to visit his friend Dorothy Davis, and it sounds like he was expressing distress about a young girl being abducted by a satanic group and held in the Sierra Nevada mountains. That's what he was telling Dorothy. And Dorothy, exactly. She thought he was crazy. And she would later say that she had the feeling that Skip was high as a kite when he told her this, clearly delusional and under the influence of some kind of drugs. Got to listen to your gut on that. (laughs) Right. Well, you know the feeling when you're talking to somebody and you're like, wow, you're really messed up right now. That's the feeling that she had with Skip. I just had it this weekend. Like, hmm, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I like it when you're not sober. Right. <laughs> it's a, especially some people, you know, I mean, they, yeah, some people can wear it well, others can't. A few days after Teresa went missing, her uncle Johnny received an odd and menacing phone call from what sounded like a teenage girl. The girl had warned him that Skip had a gun and she urged Johnny not to meddle or else harm could come to him and his family. The girl also directed Johnny to tell the police that Skip had taken Teresa to school, dropped her off, and some unknown blonde girl had picked her up, which is ridiculous. Did he really think that, oh, by by saying this, everything's going to go away and I'm going to be fine? It's just so stupid. But we're not yeah, talking about not a, a lot of person. brain cells in this story. Right. Well, <laughs> and that's going to continue here too. The investigation went on for another 5 days with little to no clues until finally they found Skip hiding out at his mother's house. Are you intrigued by the dark side of things like murder, kidnapping, and sex cults? What about when the criminal is your favorite musician or actor or director or writer? 
Hollywood might look like all glitz and glamour until you take a closer look. But I'll tell you one thing, that kind of point of view can make you more vulnerable. From Roman Polanski to Mackenzie Phillips to Judith Barcy to Kurt Cobain, some are predators and some are prey. I'm Dee Dee West, and I just might ruin your childhood. Follow my podcast, Broken Limelight, where I cover celebrity true crime stories. For more information, visit BrokenLimelight.com. Again, that's Broken Limelight. Follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Skip was finally apprehended at his mother's house in Sunnyside, Fresno, and it sounds like police initially arrested him for a previous drunk driving violation. This was likely just to get him in custody in hopes that they could get him talking, and talk he did, Ryan. Talk he did. During questioning, Skip spoke at length about Bigfoot, going into great detail about the mythical creature. He claimed that there was a substantial population of Bigfoots. Is it Big Feet? Bigfoots? <laughs> I don't know what the plural is, but there was a substantial population of these things living in the mountain caves, and that he, wait for it, had communicated with them. I don't know if it was sign Can't language. Make this shit up. <laughs> tele- telepathy. I don't know what was going on here. I don't want to know what was going on. how he was communicating with the big feet but when investigators finally got around to asking him about Teresa he changed his story not once but multiple times initially Skip had asserted that he dropped her off at school but after being pressed on the issue he later admitted that the two of them in fact had went into the mountains to seek out the Sasquatch he kept insisting that investigators call Teresa Sam, as that was the nickname that he had given her. Apparently, Sam was up to all kinds of shenanigans in the mountains, Ryan, because he said that she had run off into the woods, found some other hikers and Bigfoot enthusiasts, and joined their community to live in harmony in the mountains with the Sasquatch. This was his story. This was the guy's actual story. And he's probably... I think... He's probably thinking, this is a good one. They're going to believe this. And this is why we don't do drugs, kids. Skip voluntarily showed authorities the alleged campsite where they were at and led them to a spot by Browns Creek. The site contained a smoldering fire, some blankets, camera a purse, even a bra and t-shirt. However, this campsite kind of appeared staged and Skip's conflicting accounts led authorities to search Ghost Canyon, which was about 20 miles away. They had a helicopter that was searching for clues and it actually discovered a blue shirt, which they said belonged to Skip. They found it on a hillside above Browns Creek Camp, and guess what was inside of it? 
meth. Not much of a shocker, considering this guy's stories. And bloodhound searches also detected Teresa's scent near the camp. But that's about as far as the dogs could go with the scent for whatever reason. You said there was a river by the campsite? Yeah. Mm. And a river can wash away a lot of evidence. That's, a, that's the old trick in like all the movies. Skip faced charges of child endangerment and child stealing. And days before the trial was set to take place, authorities dropped the charges. And the reason they did this was because of lack of evidence. And this is what I found when I dug a little deeper into this, because at first it was kind of ambiguous. And this is coming from the Claremont Sun newspaper and website. It says, quote, although authorities understood the Bigfoot abduction sounded absurd, they dropped their charges against Welch and released him. The prosecutor didn't want to ask a jury to convict a man with no evidence. The prosecutor also felt that once they uncovered evidence, they could always arrest Welch and prosecute him later. They were worried about trying him and then him getting off and them not being able to try him again because of double jeopardy, I guess. Okay. So I, I guess like I understand that. This is why you always tell your friends where you're going. Mm -hmm. You leave. <laughs> I know I know people don't want to tell everybody where you're going. My husband's one of those people. He's like, why do you need to know? And I'm like, because could it could be, be a... as simple as you being dead in a ditch or someone dragged your ass off somewhere and I'd like to know where you were last at so I can tell people. <laughs> The next time he asks you that, just tell him to listen to our podcast. Be like, there's a million examples right there why you tell people. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you tell people where you're going. I think that's why the audience for a lot of these are primarily women, because yeah. we know this shit is right. real. Right. We know. I'd like, to, you know, maybe it's good for me to know that I should like do this weird random thing that helps my my captor get caught. Right. How would I know unless I've heard it from somebody else? <laughs> Learn from people's mistakes. <laughs> there was also some other stuff that I read on here that I hadn't really thought of. It's obviously a realistic possibility that someone presumably Welch sexually assaulted and murdered Teresa, but it's also plausible to believe that Teresa never made it to the mountains in the first place. And maybe that's why the dogs couldn't locate her body, because maybe Skip had killed her before even going into the mountains. I just had a really weird idea <laughs> that kind of, what if she was smarter than we give her credit for? And she came up with this whole idea about telling people, like making people think she was really stupid to go with this guy. And then she like paid him and left. That's a pretty out there theory. I can't say I, can't I know that's like giving the benefit of the doubt. But I'm kind of like, what if she was smarter than that? I know like a lot of people end up in these in these situations maybe, and it's really unfortunate. Yeah. But maybe she wanted to get away. Thought. I wouldn't blame her. And completely reinvent her life and give herself a new name. We've actually had cases before where people have 
faked their own death. I would say that that's probably not the likely thing that would happen. But the thing is, is right. we, we've never found the evidence. And I don't know how hard the investigators kept looking for evidence, to be honest, because there are some allegations that after a while, the case was just largely forgotten. And that's what happens with so many disappearances. The vanishing of Teresa kind of faded into obscurity. A story parents in the area would tell their children in order to get them to come home before dark or to deter them from getting in the car with strangers. But here we are over 35 years later and Teresa Ann Beer is still missing. Well, I hope wherever she ended up that it's a place of peace because after a life like that, she needs some peace. Yeah. She deserves it. Yeah. And obviously the vast majority of the public in the Fresno area believed that Skip was guilty of killing Teresa and likely disposed of her body in the days before investigators caught up to him. But even if he is guilty and there is su sufficient evidence found linking him to the murder, he's not going to stand trial now because he died in 1998 at the age of 54 of severe coronary artery disease. Yeah, so, meth, will, meth will catch up with you. Yeah. Which means likely we'll never know what happened to Teresa unless some hiker or someone in the woods happens to stumble upon something and then forensics does what forensic does and finds out what happened to her. That's all we can hope for. It's weird because his daughter, Chandra, who we spoke about before, she's on record saying that he was a predator and would often prey upon these young girls, luring them into the woods and sexually assaulting them. But she also says that he's innocent and that the biggest crime he ever committed was exercising poor judgment. She says that the real criminals are most likely the speed freak killers. And these guys were just an awful serial killer duo that is widely believed to have killed up to 70 victims in their 14-year rampage across the U.S., making them some of the worst and most prolific serial killers in American history. That's wild. Yeah. I'd never heard of these guys before. But Neither. <laughs> they Apparently, the entire West Coast was absolutely just terrified of them. And while they were active around this time, there's absolutely no credible evidence, at least that I could find, linking them to the disappearance of Teresa. I think this is one of those instances where the family doesn't want to believe that one of their own could do something like this, that her father was a killer, or maybe she doesn't want that to be the story that the public believes out of embarrassment to the family name or whatever. Just couldn't throw them under the bus. Yeah. And we see that very often. We've seen that in previous episodes. I'm not sure what the clinical word or term for this is, but it, it is a real it's thing. Stockholm syndrome. Maybe. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. It, it's something of that nature. Sadly, we, we may never find out what really happened to Teresa unless one of these days somebody stumbles upon something. If you have any ideas of what happened to Teresa or you'd like to discuss it, 
you can always find us on our socials. Find us on Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook, Unnatural a True Crime Podcast, or unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com is how you can email us. Make sure to like, follow, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And make it your New Year's resolution to tell at least one person about us in 2024. Ryan, I've already told you about us, so you have to tell somebody about us, okay? Well, you said you were going to talk to your husband, so... (laughs) Bring it around. (laughs) And we will talk to you next time. Happy New Year, everyone. And in the meantime, be sure to make good choices. And don't get gut. It's kind of the Bigfoot version of E.T., wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm sure there that's was some really mu- accurate, actually. There was probably, you know, because E.T. had already come out and they were probably like a movie executive smoking cigars and they were like, all right, so let's do E.T. for something. How about Bigfoot? Let's do that. We did real good with that one alien movie. Maybe we should expand this and, and regurgitate it. These kids are so stupid, they'll they'll watch anything. And you know what? Um, They were right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great movie, and you should check it out. We like to be entertained, that's for sure. Oh, I'm sure you've known people like this, too. I I know, like, especially dudes. Not just dudes, but more dudes, it seems. Every time they get drunk, all of a sudden, they just want to fight. Or they just turn into giant assholes, or... Then you know. Yeah, that's their insecurity talking. Yeah. (laughs) It's all that pent up emotion that they can't express. They're like, I I need to hit something. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, dude, but at least (laughs) I can control it.